Well, good morning, everyone. Jed and I are back for another episode of NFL Matchup. And so, Jed, good morning to you. Good morning, brother. Happy Friday. Always good to see you. Well, I noticed that you replaced Keith with Keith, uh, uh, Bryant, Chris yes, Bryant. Yes, yeah. Your... Blackhawks lost. They're out of the playoffs. They've gone fishing, so I had to take them off. I debated putting up the uh, Bulls. They got the fourth pick yeah. in the lottery, so I thought that was exciting. But decided to stick with the Cubbies, who are in first place. Um, Coach David Ross doing a good job, so... They're up on the wall. <laughs> well, hey, I know it's NFL fantasy matchup, but I was so excited watching this draft. Both of us are Chicago Bulls fans. Oh, and yeah. so when the seventh pick was not the Bulls, and the fifth, <laughs> I said, oh, my gosh. Now, I was slightly disappointed. Did they get, they get, they get number two or three? I was not expecting one, but I was hoping at least for second or third pick. Yeah, I mean, it was a 33% chance to jump up into the top four, so they at least got that. But, you know, fourth pick. It's supposed to be a weaker draft, so we'll see. But, you know, um, yeah. our new GM is supposed to be great at drafting, so I, I have high hopes. Look, every single time the Bulls have a high draft, it's always – this year is a weaker draft, Bears. This year is a weaker draft. <laughs> Every single time we get a high draft, it's a weak draft. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm, you know, it, it, I, I long for the days of the glory days of the Bulls. We need them to come back. So hopefully uh, it'll pan out. Hey, let's start with the news and the notes of the day. So let's take us around news as well as what's happening around training camp. Yeah, sure. Um, I just have a little bit of news. A uh, main one was Ron Rivera, you might have heard, um, announced that he has cancer of the lymph nodes, uh, but he's going to continue coaching. I thought that was a big um you know, piece of news. I just, and I'm surprised personally. I mean, just knowing in the lymph nodes, that's pretty serious. So it's, it's interesting that um, he's deciding to continue to coach. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs cornerback um, Bashan Breeland facing a four game suspension uh, for substance abuse. So that's a big deal. He's their starting cornerback, um, really hurts their defense. We're going to talk about team defense later. So I think that impacts that. And then finally, um, DeAndre Hopkins and Tyreek Hill uh, both had minor hamstring injuries. So obviously, top five wide receivers. So you may need to tweak your uh, order there a little bit. I mean, they're minor, they're back. They're going to be back in camp um you know fine for starting of the season but still something to think about jed for those who are paying attention or new to fantasy football why does paying attention to head coach how does that affect fantasy football Oh, it's, it definitely affects fantasy. I mean, I think in terms of strategy, and the fact that our we called our fantasy podcast NFL Fantasy Matchup, you know, just really shows our strategy. We, we really think that you have to go week in and week out. You need to pay attention to the individual matchups between the teams. And so head coaches can have a major impact. Let's say you have a really offensive coach, uh, offensive team. You're coming in. You're facing a Bill Belichick. He's got Stephon Gilmore as a starting cornerback. He can stick that on your number one wide receiver. All of a sudden, your guy who's been producing every week has a total egg that week yep. so you need to know those kinds of things so that you can predict that going into a weekend because if you look at ron rivera the next person up if he cannot do his job is jack del rio the former head coach over in jacksonville as well yep. as over denver yep. and at the same time having cancer in the lymph nodes you know this uh jed i had cancer in my sinus which eventually affected my lymph nodes Ron Rivera says he is still coaching, but once the chemo radiation hits by the third, fourth week, you'll feel it. So mm. for me, is it first two weeks, three weeks was great. You didn't feel anything. By the fourth week, you are in so much pain mm. that the pain detracts you from fully concentrating in doing your job. And so we will see exactly uh, how this affects him. And plus, at the same time, he controls the culture of a team. And suddenly you have two quarterback, Haskins as well as Smith, 
at a quarterback battle. And so you need that head coach. I look at Ron Vera as someone who provides stability and mm-hmm. some professionalism during this time with the Washington team, in spite of everything that's going on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's definitely going to have impact, like you said, even just in terms of turmoil and just, you know, consistency is really key in the NFL. And so I think that's that's a big thing. And Jack Del Rio, I mean, very defensive minded coach. Um, and again, I, to me, it just says Washington probably going to really hone in on the running game um, and, you know, the defensive approach. And so that's where you want to look as far as fantasy. Okay, now I know we're going to talk about IDP a little bit later, yes. but with yep. Jack Del Rio and also Ron Rivera, yep. Chase Young is a mm. player that you have to pay attention to. Chase Young. So you like Chase, huh? Where, what? Tell me, um, I'm actually uh, not on Chase the Chase train, so <laughs> let me know what you think. Oh, they say if you think the Bosa brothers are really good in terms of sacks and pressure at the quarterback, mm. they say – Chase Young is bigger and stronger. Coming out of Ohio State, that guy, I mean, I was hoping he was the number one quarterback. Now Burroughs is the number one quarterback. But, boy, there was a lot of talk. He potentially was the number one pick because he was the best player on the board. Yeah, yeah, no, and in, in Washington, it's a perfect fit for him. Like you said, both Rivera and um, Jack Del Rio defensive-minded, and so they should definitely put him in the situation to succeed. Um, so we'll see. You know, for IDP, that's an interesting one. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, a couple of things is Des Bryant rumors Ravens contract is not imminent after free agent workouts. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, does this change your mind? Bruce Arian says yesterday about Rob Gronkowski, he looks like he did – Five or six years ago. Does that change your mind? Uh, Yeah, you know, and Bruce Arians is a great offensive-minded coach, so you got to figure he's going to know how to use him. Um, Like I still still said, I've got him at 10. I'm not pushing any higher than that. Um, And there's so many good – this is a really strong tight end class this year. So for me, um, you know, if he falls, if he somehow falls really late, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round, okay, I'll think about it, but I'm I'm not thinking too early. Contract talks where Vikings and Dalvin Cook broke off on Tuesday. Does that affect you drafting Dalvin Cook in the second or third pick? No, no, not for me. Um, Dalvin Cook, I think, is not one of those guys who's really affected by that. He's, a, I mean, in fact, if you hear him talk about it, pretty mature kind of handling of those contract talks. So I'm not worried about him. I still have him as my fourth back coming off the board. So like you said, um, I, you know, I think he's actually, I think he's first round um, for me. Got it. Hey, you have both Tyra Taylor as well as, Uh, Fitzpatrick over in Dolphins, but Tua, for instance, just started throwing, but he looked a little shaky. How soon are you predicting that he's going to start over Fitzpatrick? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I do think Fitzpatrick will get the start. Um, I would say, you know, usually when it comes to rookies or when it comes to uh, people calling for the backup quarterback, it takes until you're almost like statistically out of it, and then they start you know, talking about bringing in the second back. So I would say look around between like maybe the fifth, sixth week. Um, see now if Fitzpatrick can pull out magic, Fitz magic and, uh, you know, somehow go four and two or even three and three and kind of keep hopes alive. Then I think that could extend a little bit, but I would look really right around that sixth, maybe even sixth to eighth week before you see two. And I think that's actually better for him personally. I don't think it's great for them to just be thrown out into the fire. I think it's better for them to sit, watch a little bit and then come in after that. Detroit says to start the season, DeAndre Swift and Kerryon Johnson will be splitting carries. Thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I saw that too. Um, and I, to me, I think that's good. I don't think it changes everything. Everyone's on DeAndre Swift um, as the better back of the two to pick. Um, and I think this is just confirming that. If anything, it's suggesting that maybe he's going to take over sooner than later. Yeah. Um, so I would continue to draft accordingly. And with one of those in your draft, you'll have a lot of people who don't follow the news like we do. So they know Kerryon Johnson, but they don't know college players. So they'll take Kerryon Johnson. I bet they're going to run him more because of his experience. Swift, you're going to pick him up. And then you're going to have somebody who he does not do well for the first couple of games. Then you're either going to drop him or you go in for a trade and save him for the latter half. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, playing for the second half of the season is a big thing. You know, you really got to be thinking that way. It's a lot of teams start out of the gates really strong and then um, fall down during the second half of the season. So you're totally right. Um, it's understanding, kind of predicting who's going to come out and you know head out to the second half of the season. John Gruden loves Marcus <laughs> Mariota. Doesn't yeah. have a chance to start any games. Yeah, I saw that, and he is really amping him up. Um, you know, could Mariota start over Carr? That was a little bit of a surprise to me. I didn't think he was being come in as um, being brought in to really compete. Um, I think he's got a chance. I mean, you know, they've got some real speed on that side. And Carr, the biggest thing with Carr, um, the argument against him has been that he doesn't throw the deep ball well, and he's yeah. always kind of yeah. he's too chicken, right? He like he doesn't take risks. Mariota definitely has some strong years in Tennessee. Can can throw the deep ball, and so I can see them decide to go there um it, you know with gruden you just never know wouldn't surprise me if he yeah. wins up i mean you look at it right that media the pack quarterback stafford philip rivers cam newton baker mayfield roethlisberger josh allen david carr they all have something to prove they're all probably in your eighth nine tenth rounds but they all have something to prove yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what, and that's why they're in those later halves, right? They're all not like perfect. There's something like missing out of all those guys. Yep. Hey, another thing that I've been watching a lot is will the offensive line improve for both Seattle and Atlanta? Because if your offensive line, which were terrible on both teams, notorious terrible, could even be better. Watch Matt Ryan, watch Julio Jones, watch Russell Wilson, because they have great teams, but they don't have protection. Yeah, and Seattle is the big one of those two that I'm paying attention to. They brought in two new offensive linemen, and so Seattle, I'm definitely expecting the offensive line to improve. That's one of the reasons that I'm so high on Chris Carson as the running yeah. back, as I think they're going to have I, – I think Seattle, to me, as I said, I think they're going to win their, their division. I think they're uh, really up and coming, and I, I like yeah. what they've done a lot. And also, uh, two more, is I, I, everything I've been hearing, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings, rookie who's playing opposite of Adam Thielen, he's doing well. He's doing really, really well and has a chance to shine as a wide receiver, as a rookie wide receiver. Yeah, and for me, that actually uh, uh, ups my uh, take on Thielen. Because yeah. as you know, I was a little worried about Thielen taking over the number one, just not sure that he could potentially do that. So with the rise of Jefferson, I think that really helps um, and potentially improves the outlook there. Yeah, you know, I will probably, as I read, I mean, you could probably draft Justin Jefferson over any of the wide receivers, C.D. Lamb, that are rookies from this year's draft. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I take training camp um, news with a grain of salt. You know, a lot of times these coaches are playing mind games with the players. So sometimes they're trying to yeah. build their confidence. Sometimes they're trying to, you know, light a fire under them. So, you know, I always want to see how it actually plays out once they get out into the field. And, of course, I had to save the best for last. <laughs> Second day, uh, Trubisky versus Foles. Trubisky seems to have the lead. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, you know, I don't know. Nagy was uh, coach Nagy was un- unwilling to say that Mitch has improved. Um, you know, that's back and forth. I, I really hope. Well, I don't know. I think Foles has has got to be an improvement. I mean, Trubisky yeah. has just been so bad, um, and so I, I really hope they give Foles a chance. If not right away at the beginning, then pretty soon thereafter. Um, but we'll see. But the problem I have with Foles is every single time you give him a chance, what happens? He gets injured. injuries. Yeah, injuries. All the yeah. time. All the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you know, and he's getting up there in age too, so that's always a risk. But I guess, you know, you have an injury, then you got Mitch behind him. <laughs> yep. Hey, let's talk about team defenses, all right? Uh, sure. You know what? Let me throw out a couple others yep. I had too. Um, so Cam Newton versus Jarrett Stidham in New England. Um, there's been talk of a rotation. Apparently yeah. quarterbacks haven't looked great. Um, Jarrett threw six interceptions in four practices. So not a good sign. So just continue to watch that. I, mean, I expect Newton to win, but I'm just surprised it hasn't come out already. Um, another thing I'll throw out was just a few running back battles. Um, you know, we talked about David Johnson in Houston um, with Duke Johnson there. It's been yep. interesting. People are saying Duke Johnson could really have value. Um, Coach O'Brien even talked about using two back sets. So to me, I think pay attention to Duke Johnson Jr. As you know, catches a lot of passes, good for PPR leagues, could have more value than I thought. Okay, but I would say this, uh, Jed. Do you mm-hmm. see this every year about Duke Johnson? Every <laughs> year he's supposed to explode in Cleveland and in Houston. So what did Cleveland do? They trade him to Houston, and they said the same thing. Never yeah. performs. True, true. Well, yeah, I just got to see. I mean, the coach has been talking him up, so that's always a good thing. Um, I'll mention, too, uh, Devin Singletary um, and Zach Moss. I think everyone's yes. been talking uh-huh. about Singletary as, you know, this guy got a pick. You know, everyone's on him. But, man, Zach Moss has been showing really well in camp. And so it's looking like there could be a little bit more split carries there. So you just got to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, it also depends on how Josh Allen is doing as well, too. And he probably has a big year to, uh, to really be able to perform, too. Yeah, a lot. Of, he's definitely a wild card. I mean, like I said, I, I am not uh, really sold in on Josh Allen, but I could be wrong. And he, if he takes off, that whole team, the mm-hmm. offensive players could really take off there. A um, couple other ones, Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in Denver, um, apparently splitting carries in practice, which has been a little surprising. People are expecting Gordon to really be the clear number one. So that could be more of a split. And Lindsay had a great year last year over a thousand yards so pay attention to that one um yeah that's i think that's the last one i have under the running back battles yeah to this day i am so surprised that denver spent all that money on melvin gordon when philip Lindsay did Mm -hmm. so well you would think they will upgrade the wide receiver or the tight end or something like that but wow melvin gordon i'm surprised by that one yeah, I mean, I agree with, especially with wide receiver. You thought they would have picked someone up. Um, and and Lindsey, you know, they had two one thousand yard rushers. You yep. know, so it's not like their running game was hurting. But yep. we'll see. We'll see how how it plays out. Man, imagine if they instead of signing Melvin Gordon for all that money, they drafted DeAndre Swift mm. to pound it into the uh, red zone. Yeah. Now you're Philip Lindsey on the first two or three downs. Then from that point on, uh, DeAndre Swift when they're near the goal line. They, or Dobbins, they would do so much better and have more room to upgrade. So, yeah, yeah but that's why you know we're we're not head coaches. But <laughs> that's why we play fantasy football. All day. <laughs> that's right. We can question them all day. <laughs> yeah. Hey, one more uh, last thing before we go team sure. defenses. I know Packers a lot of times uh, is just trying to figure out who plays opposite yes. of um, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, Devontae Adams Devontae in Adams, the rotation. Yes. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of good things of Jay Sternberger coming out of training camp. A lot of good things. Yeah, no, I've heard that as well. And, and you're right. You know, For years, drafting the number two wide receiver in Green Bay has been an effective strategy yeah. for getting sets. It's just who is that going to be? Yeah. And so I, I totally agree with you. Um, continue to watch that battle. But you know, it's more of someone you're going to draft in the 11th, 12th round you know, at yeah. the end or pick up off the waiver wire. Rodgers did so well when he had Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson. Yep. He struggles when he just has Devontae Adams, but Lazard hasn't set, uh, stepped up. A lot of times, Aldis Scantley hasn't uh, stepped up, so yep. you, you still get a lot of these guys. Yeah, they had Geronimo back in the day. I mean, there's been uh, people every year that they're hoping to step up um, and take that number two spot. You're right. Um, since Cobb and since Nelson, they really haven't had it. All right. Hey, let's talk about team defenses. Who do you like? Sure. Well, actually, before I ask you, yeah, let me ask you for those who are watching or those who are listening, when do you pick team defenses? Is this something you say is such a priority as a potential that I would pick in the middle of the round? Or you say, you know what? I'll pick it with my last few picks. I generally wait till the last few picks. Okay. The only time I haven't, um, I've drafted the Chicago defense earlier um, because they just were scoring so many points Um, and so if you if you need to if you want to go earlier I think you can I mean I think it's okay but I wouldn't do it earlier than maybe like ninth or tenth round Um, but you know Sometimes it, it, the, the bottom line is some of these defenses can really score. Again, you need to check out your league settings and figure yeah. out, um, you know, what you get points for. But sometimes defense can win you the week. Like yes, like last year, New England was winning teams for the week. I mean, they just were scoring like crazy and racking up the points. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're, you know, depending on your league, I mean, in my mind, I always think of it as every player scoring at least 10 points. Some defenses were scoring 20, 25, 30 points. And so that's a lot, um, something to pay attention to. And that's why for me, um, I break the top 10 into uh, two tiers. So I've got the first three teams, San Francisco 49ers, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens as my top three. I would consider those guys, you know, in the 10th, 11th round, maybe if you wanted to take a shot at one of those. Otherwise, I'm waiting till you know, really the, the second. Usually it's the second to last pick, and then the yeah. last pick is your kicker. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, the Ravens is good. Look at this. They just uh, signed Calais Campbell. How Jacksonville got rid of him, I don't know. Derek Wolf from the Broncos as a free agent. Then they still have Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, and Earl Thomas, and my new favorite draft pick, Middle linebacker Patrick Queen. Mm. Yeah, it's an IDP stud. IDP because, player, huh? Okay. Yes. So a lot of times um, Ravens have a good – I mean, even the 49ers, they trade away to Forrest Buckner, but they sign J- uh, Javon Kinlaw in the first round, who is supposed to be really, really good in this particular draft. Now, the, the one person done one group that I think will struggle a little bit compared to last year – the Patriots probably will struggle because they did lose a bunch of different players, but at the same time, it is a Bill Belichick coach defense. So you always have trust in that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, for me, New England is always in the top 10. Um, and actually you, some of these, these teams, you'll see these same teams coming in. It's because of the scheme that they play. Yeah. Uh, but as you said, with New England, I mean, they still have a strong linebacker core. Um, you know, they, they did lose Chung. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's a tough, um, you know, people rotating in and out, but New England is great. I think what's hard about defenses is a lot of points come off of turnovers. Yeah. And so it's really hard to, predict turnovers there are some teams like the bears were famous for this for years you know with peanut tillman like really playing and and training to get turnovers but it is such a it's such a you know jump that really what you want to look at is tackles and so um you know 
these are these three teams at the top. They're consistent, um, especially yep. the Ravens too. The Ravens and the Steelers. You look at their division. Their division is always heavy defense, and so yep. usually a good pick. I am surprised the Bears did not make it into your top three. <laughs> I've got him in number five. Yeah. Um, you know, they lost their D tackle. I'm going to forget his name um, to injury, but that was a big loss. You know, he was their run stopper. And if you think about, to me, the way I think about defenses are built in the defensive line first, you got to be able to prove you can stop the, the rush and then you can keep all of those offensive linemen off of your linebackers. That frees your linebackers to then roam and sack and, and get all their tackles. And so the fact that that first line of defense, Chicago yeah. lost one of their main run stoppers, that's going to affect the linebacking crew and so that's why i dropped them a little but i do have them at number five yeah but the good thing is akeem hicks who was injured all right, of 2019 or the majority is now back they still have khalil mack they still yep. have one of my favorite players roquan smith eddie oh, yeah. jackson now and they signed robert quinn from st louis dallas who i think is a very very good player now a couple years from now he's gonna be terrible but right now he's he's gonna be good yeah i'm hoping quinn still has some gas left in the tank um if he does if that if that pick plays out that could really help i agree with you um it, it puts a book in with khalil mack um and roquan smith obviously i mean the linebacker basically this is where you look at histories right chicago is known for linebackers and we just always produce linebackers on yep. defense and so this was not always not a bad pick hey if the bears were fit who's your fourth uh, Buffalo Bills. I okay. think the Bills, yeah, I've got the Bills at four. Um, you know, I think they're looking really strong this year. And again, we talked about, I mean, I think the Bills, you know, depending on how things go, they're on the uptake. I actually think they could win the division this year. And so there's going to be a yeah. lot of excitement there. Um, and so, yeah, I've got the Bills at four. One defense, two defenses. Uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. I'm very excited to see is the Chargers and the Broncos. What do you think about the Chargers? Where do they fall on your list? Wow, that's interesting. I'd like to hear what you think because I don't have the Chargers in my top 10. Um, oh, I've really? Got, yeah, I've got the Broncos. Hey, I thought about it. They're right. Actually, you know, I, I've got them right around 13. So after, um, but I have the Broncos at eight. And so, you know, obviously we talked about their scheme a little bit. Um, you know, they're always generally strong. And the other thing I'll, I'll mention here too is when I I think about these defenses i also think about their offense okay yeah. because if the offense is very run heavy for example it'll be a low scoring game oftentimes that's less opportunities for turnovers so it's something to think about because if, for example if you're a kansas city you figure they're always ahead the teams are always kind of coming from behind that gives your defense more chance for uh, picks so that is something to think about now, tell me Chargers, about the Chargers. I, yeah, go ahead. Tell me about the Chargers. <laughs> with the, that, with that, not only with the offense, I'll also look at different players, especially those who provide a lot of pressure. Mm. So for the Chargers, they have two. Now you got to watch one of them, Joey Bosa and yeah, Melvin Bosa. Ingram on the edge. Now Melvin Ingram is all frustrated about his contract, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but if they do play, they provide a lot of pressure. What if they provide a lot of pressure? It allows the safety and the corners to do better. If they don't get a lot of pressure, it really be able to uh, – those guys are always, always been attacked by the passing game. So I like the Chargers in that sense. Yeah, and Joey Bosa has been amazing. I mean, I have to admit, I did not think uh, – I wasn't sure if he was worth that high pick. I think he went fifth um, that year, but he's been great. Definitely brings the pressure, causes a lot yeah. of havoc. Those guys, if they don't have pressure, exposes your secondary. Same thing with the Broncos. Look at Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. Yep, two Von Miller. of your guys. The Bears, uh, and I refer back to the Bears, they struggle because back in the day, they could not get pressure before Matt came in. 
Yeah, Mac has been amazing. Um, yeah, amazing for bringing pressure, and that's the key really to all the defenses. You have to get the quarterback to throw the ball out quick um, and then make your move after that. So on board with you there. I'll say this. So my back half, the back five I had was six was New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah. Seven was the New England Patriots. Eight was the Denver Broncos. Nine was the Rams, Aaron Donald and the Rams. And then yeah. 10, yeah. I have Kansas City Chiefs sneaking in at 10, although they did just lose their starting quarterback. Yeah. So I was thinking about maybe changing that the two I would consider there would be Dallas and Seattle um, yeah. would also um, play into there. Dallas has made a lot of moves, um, you know, and so we, I think they're, I'm expecting their defense to step up this year. And Seattle. Oh, yeah, Seattle, especially with that trade with Jamal Adams, has yep, really Jamal Adams. a lot. Yep, exactly. So what about you, though? What's your back half look like? I think our, our top five were similar. Yep, top five in there from that point on after that. I have the Rams after mm -hmm. that, the mm -hmm. Chargers the Broncos. I know people like the uh, Saints, but then I'll put them near the, the bottom of that okay. list. But I think they're going to do well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So about the same. Um, again, you know, depending on your league, uh, defenses are interesting to, to pick. One of the reasons they get picked last is that you'll see statistically the difference between the first defense and the 10th defense is not all that big of a difference when you look at the points. Yeah. And that's why a lot of times it's not a huge thing, but it's, it's fun to pick. And again, depending on how your league scores points, it could win you some weeks. Or at the same time, you could just wait into the waiver wire like I always do. And yeah. every single week, you're, you may get a, a defense that emerges that no one ever expected. And you're like, for instance, Jacksonville has always had a great defense. Yes. They, now, at the same they, time, they traded everybody. So they don't they have a But yeah. let's say, or you know what? Here's a good one Tampa Bay Buccaneers could yeah. potentially have a great, great defense. Yep. Especially with Tom Brady scoring points like crazy. Yeah. And so at the same time, you could snag them because nobody's paying attention to it, or Philadelphia too. Yeah. So, or you could do this strategy. And my oldest son, uh, this is his strategy. He said, just play the defense who's playing Miami or whoever's playing. Like you just pick that's like true. whatever, yeah. whatever team you think is the worst team and just pick the defense that's, that they're playing that week. And you can stream them. You can just basically change out every week. And uh, sometimes that works out. Same thing as kickers, right? That's why you didn't want to talk about kickers. <laughs> yeah, kickers, again, statistically, there's just almost like no difference. So pretty much it doesn't matter who you're throwing. It's a crapshoot. Like, you know, what? Uh, Justin Tucker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Gostowski, too, back in the day with New England. And then, um, of course, Vander Jack before that. I mean, yep. there's there a lot of consistent guys out there. And so the top few, it can make a difference. I mean, but again, I'm not picking that any earlier than the, maybe the second to last pick. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about IDP. IDP. Can you explain what IDP is? Yeah, so individual defensive players is what IDP stands for. Um, and this is an important thing is when you you have to understand how they do the stats on yeah. this, okay? And so usually it's tackles, sacks, interceptions and fumbles that's usually how you get points for top individual defensive players um and again not a lot of leagues have this but some leagues have this and like our league i think we start three individual defensive players and so the, the reason i'm saying all this is because you would think okay when you ask nfl players and coaches who's the number one defensive player who is it tommy do you know jj watt no, I would say Aaron Donald. Aaron oh, Donald Aaron. on the Rams pretty much gets comes out as the number one defensive player. And J.J. Watt, I would say, also is up there. Khalil Mack, I think, is up there. And then Stephon Gilmore, cornerback, I would put those guys as in the top five. 
Yeah. I don't have them in my top 10 nope. when I look at top 10 for IDP players. So it tells you that IDP players, it's really more about tackles is yep. the biggest thing. Um, and sacks also plays into that and a little bit of turnover. So I just want to say that out there because it changes. It's not really the top 10 best defensive players. It's the top 10 best for getting these stats. Now, at the same time, between me and you, we're fantasy nerds, and so we want to look at 4-3 defenses and 3-4 defenses, but a lot of people are not going to pay attention to this. If you are semi-new and you don't know the difference between 4-3, 3-4, don't worry about it, but at the same time, if your league has one point per tackle, then you got to actually pay attention, and you can easily, let's say, for instance, Yahoo is the platform that many of us play on, you could easily sort it and go to solo tackles and assist tackles. You probably usually get one point for tackles and half a point for assists. Now, sacks, you probably get three, four points for sacks. Interceptions, you probably get two or three. But you have to understand that most you could get in a sack is 17 sacks in the season. In so the it's season, not yeah. going to get you much. And so let me actually uh, give you a list. I, I sorted according to solo tackles in 2019. Mm. Buda Baker, safety, Arizona. Nobody knows who Buda Baker is, but he had 104 tackles, led the league, all right? Ooh. Zach Cunningham, not one of your top players, 99 tackles. Eric Reed, but then you also have then Blake Martinez, New York Giants, Jordan Hicks, Fred Warner, uh, linebacker, San Francisco, Joe Schobert, the Mario Davis, New Orleans linebacker, Yep, Versus if you look at sacks, uh, 19 and a half last year, Shaquille Barrett, Chandler Jones, you have to then say he's old and probably won't do that again. <laughs> Cameron Jordan, defensive end, TJ Watt over linebacker, Danielle yep. Hunter over defensive end over in Minnesota. Now, Aaron Donald did have 12 and a half sacks, but he only had 29 tackles. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's the problem is just that the stats don't show, they don't reflect um, the impact that these players have on the game. So Aaron Donald, for example, he's always double teamed. He just takes up half of the line basically. And you can't account for that. Stefan Gilmore as a cornerback is another good example of that. He takes away half of the field, basically cornerback quarterbacks won't throw to his side, but does he get any credit for that on the stats? No, he doesn't. So I would say, Tommy, if you are new to this, my one thing to, I would say to this is basically focus on linebackers. Linebackers get a lot of the tackles. There is You really can't go wrong with a linebacker. In my top 10, um, I've got all linebackers with the exception of three defensive ends, Daniel Hunter out of Minnesota, Joey Bosa, what you talked about with the Chargers, um, and then Miles Garrett uh, in Cleveland. And so pretty much if you stick with linebackers, you'll be okay. And honestly, especially with linebackers, for those who are in IDPs, you cannot go wrong with Darius Leonard. Or Darius Leonard, yep. Bobby Wagner, yep. Joe Schobert, Blake Martinez, yep. Fred Warner, Corey Littleton, yep. and I would probably add in a Jalen Smith, Devin mm. Bush. Those guys are, are so good. And my two favorites that nobody probably has ever really heard about, unless you're a fantasy football geek, Levante David over at Tampa Bay, Ooh. and Clyde Alexander uh, over in San Francisco.
I know you like Quan Alexander because I had him and you kept wanting to trade for him last year. <laughs> um, yeah, Quan is great. I really like Jalen Smith in Dallas yeah. too. The, his story is amazing. If you know about him coming out of Notre Dame, like he really screwed up his knee, messed up his draft status, but really fought his way back. I have him in the top 10. And as you mentioned too, Roquan Smith in Chicago, he's the, he's, I have him as my number nine. I really like him a lot. Um, and I do have Miles Garrett coming in at the 10th spot. But other, other than that, our, um, our top 10 were the same. Look, uh, Jed, I love IDP so much. I used to draft <laughs> Luke Quickly with the eighth round pick. Or oh, yeah, Luke. I loved yeah. him. Patrick Willis, as well as uh, Navarro Bowman. Those yeah. guys were always my top guys that I would pick up in the sixth, seventh round. Yeah, yeah, 49ers, I mean, they're unbelievable, um, you know, stats for you. I mean, IDP is really tricky. I mean, that's the thing for me. It's it's so up and down because, like you were saying, you can't you, – you focus on tackles. You can't really predict sacks. But then all of a sudden, you'll get a guy get a fumble recovery for a touchdown, throw in an extra six points, and just blows everything up. So it, it's, it's hard to predict. But if you are a safe person picking linebackers, they will probably guarantee double-digit sack. I mean, double-digit tackles. Yeah. You will get ten to twelve points every single week. And for those leagues where you have you lose by point one or point two, those tackles really matter. Oh yeah, especially in our league. I mean, being able to cover the defense was important. I mean, you needed to be able to you know make sure that you have those those um, those bases covered. So I know we're at the 32 mark. Do, do you want to talk about the top 10 kickers? Um, sure. I, 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 this, this is what I'll say. Just um, pick any of them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things you can plug and play, right? You could, like what your son does, every week you just go, hey, who's the kicker playing against you? And you pick that yeah. person up. You know, I'll throw this out for you because we are fantasy nerds. I'll just say this. When it comes to kickers, what I do like to look at, I like indoor kickers versus outdoor kickers because yeah. they, they can control the elements. The worst thing you want is an outdoor game. There's rain, there's wind, and all of a sudden they're not kicking field goals. I do like I, – in our league, for example, you get bonus points for uh, kicks over 50 yards. And so yeah. sometimes I do like to look at kickers who have the long leg. Um, but other than that, I'm not spending too much time thinking about it. Like Greg Zerloin. <laughs> yes. Kick. Hard. Yes, yes. He is pretty amazing. And so, yeah, that's the kind of guy. Um, and then back in the day, the guy from uh, the Oakland Raiders, remember uh, Janikowski? Mm -hmm. Janikowski could just boot it, man. And so you could get those extra bonus points. It was the same thing. <laughs> and you just know, avoid Bears kickers. Yeah, pick up four <laughs> ex-Bears players. Yes, yes. Agreed. <laughs> totally agreed. Oh, hey, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to Tuesday for our conversation. And uh, it looks like Tuesday night we're going to do our mock draft and then we'll come back on Friday and talk about the mock draft. Yeah, I'm excited about the mock draft and excited to talk about it. It'll be interesting. Um, we're going to do a 10-team league. We're going to do a snake draft, I think. And so then we'll talk about the results. It'll be a good one. Again, for you who are, if you're new to drafting, um, this might be a good, uh, next Friday might be a good session for you to listen to just to help you figure out how to approach a draft. It does feel, I mean, the NFL is coming on September 10th, but it feels like everything is quiet. There is nothing you feel. You read notes, but there's nothing on TV, nothing. So it just feels weird that the NFL season is about to start. Yeah, yeah, it is. I agree with you. Um, everyone's, I think, kind of focused right now on um, schools, everyone going back to school and COVID. And then, of course, the elections, there's a lot going on there. Um, and then the NBA playoffs, um, both number one seeds losing. That was a big deal. Uh, so, but yeah, it's right around the corner. I can't wait. You should be getting your drafts ready. Yeah, I'm telling you, the Bulls with the fourth pick, that was pretty good. <laughs> Amen. Hey, for more information on NFL Fantasy Matchup, go to Instagram or Facebook at fantasymatchup.nfl. 
that is fantasy matchup on NFL. And we are found on both Instagram and Facebook. And you can download all of the podcasts on your streaming service, your podcast service. And so, Jed, we will talk soon.